At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. There are two major stories today that I am going to go in depth on that you are going to want to take notes on. It is all about follow the science with COVID-19. And there are some big headlines, brilliant doctors, leading doctors, not just in the U.S., but around the world, are whistleblowing on the new reality of COVID that, A, we're not going to stop this thing. B, the federal government's plan is a total disaster. And even those now around Joe Biden are starting to whistleblow or leak information on what he's not listening to. Now, politicians have looked at COVID from the very beginning as a political issue. Joe Biden thought that he could win the election off of COVID by saying, look at all these people out there that are afraid of this. And if somehow you elect me, I'll make all the fear go away because I'll do it better than Donald Trump did it. It has been political. Dr. Fauci hated Donald Trump. We know that. Anyone that questions Dr. Fauci, what we're now learning from the medical community is that he will basically at that point blackball you. He will not work with you. He will undermine you. This guy is a tyrant. Elected by no one, paid more than any other government official in the United States of America. This is a guy that's been a tyrant since 1984. This is a guy who now people around him are saying, dude, this guy lies all the time. You can't trust Fauci. He's getting it all wrong, which brings me to story number one. We now know for a fact that the NIH under Fauci's leadership, National Institute of Health, has funded 257 grants that they decided would go to, quote, social disparities with COVID, race, right? Would go to social disparities with wealth. Because we're fighting this from a political perspective under Fauci and under Biden, not from a medical perspective. A doctor, Marty McCary, has come out and he actually does a podcast. And I'm going to play part of this for this part of this discussion for you in a little bit. And he does a podcast only with basically other doctors diving into new information that we have. Now, this isn't some random doctor in the middle of nowhere, okay? I want to make this clear. This isn't some fake doctor who wears a white coat who's actually a chiropractor, all right? I have nothing against chiropractors, but they're not real doctors. They're chiropractors. They do something that takes no time in medical school. You, you, you don't even have to go to college. You don't have to have an undergraduate degree to become a chiropractor. They're not the same thing. And there's far too many misinformation videos out there of people in white coats who claim they're a doctor when they're actually a DC, which is a chiropractor. I go to one. I like chiropractors. They're not MDs. Now, Dr. Macri is a medical doctor. Not only that, he's a lead researcher at John Hopkins University. And he has now come out and whistleblow saying that the NIH funded 257 grants on social disparities related to COVID-19, but only four grants have they funded on how coronavirus actually spreads. You want to know something else that's insane? He also said that there has only been one grant that has been given out by the NIH 
to study masks. That's right. The most important topics, two of the most important, how it spreads and what masks work. There has only been one grant given out on what which no one has even gotten to read yet because it hasn't even read out yet. So the most basic questions that doctors need advice or evidence for have not been conducted on purpose by the NIH. However, 257 grants on the politics of this, social disparities and the race card and the finance card have been granted out. We're no longer studying, okay, in in this country. We are no longer studying medicine under the NIH. We are studying politics. Now, Martin Macri, this MD, he not only is he an MD, he's an M. He is the chief transplant uh, of surgery and a professor of surgery. He is has expertise, and I'm reading now from John Hopkins University website: abdominal surgery, advanced liposcopy, bile duct surgery. The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. This is the guy who's the chief transplant surgery chief. This is the man. Okay, he knows his stuff. His research interests, operative risk assessment in elderly, cancer therapy, minimally invasive surgery, health service research, occupational safety, diabetes, obesity. This dude knows his stuff. You want to get an appointment with him? Good luck. He is a surgical oncologist and chief of John Hopkins Islet Transplant Center. He is a clinical lead for John Hopkins Innovation Hub and serves as executive director of improving wisely a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation project to lower healthcare costs in the U.S. by creating measures of appropriateness in healthcare. He focuses on the creation of evolution of new healthcare initiatives and innovation. He is the creator of the Surgery Checklist, publishing its first description, later served as the WHO, World Health Organization, Safe Surgery Saves Lives Committee. He led the WHO work group to create global measures of surgical quality. Dr. Macri has 200 scientific articles, including the first description of frailty impacting surgical outcomes. The original study culture measures in hospitals and an evolution of Orphan Drug Act. He is a leading voice for physicians writing in the Wall Street Journal and is the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Unaccountable, about patient safety and physician-led transparency efforts in healthcare. He is the founder of the John Hopkins Center for Surgical Outcome Research and Clinical Trials and is a recipient of numerous grants to evaluate the effectiveness of new surgical technology and new interventions in healthcare. He serves as a professor of surgery at John Hopkins University School of Medicine, where he has pioneered operations at John Hopkins, including uh, lasers and everything else you can imagine. I'm going to end it there. My point is, this dude is really smart. He's a graduate of Bucknell, Thomas Jefferson, and Harvard University. He has completed surgical training at Georgetown University and his fellowship at John Hopkins Hospital. This dude's smart. He's mainstream. He's not some fringe guy, not some YouTube medical expert. And he's the one that's now coming out basically saying, we've had enough. The NIH funded 257 grants on social disparities with COVID, only four on how it spreads and only one on which mask works. And we don't even know the outcome yet. In other words, you guys are getting it wrong. Now, I'm going to play part of his podcast for you coming up in a moment because you are now seeing more doctors saying we've had enough.
of Fauci, the NIH, and what they're doing. We're sick of it after two years. This goes back to the guy that I, if you missed our podcast uh, and you missed what I'm talking about right now, go back in our podcast and listen. There's a doctor that is whistleblowed who actually came out with the, uh, who helped create the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine, who said we need to learn to live with this thing and we need to be honest about it. It's going to be around for a while and it's going to be seasonal. And oh, by the way, you cannot vaccinate your way out of this problem. It is impossible to vac- vaccinate the world or boost the world every four to six months. So let's stop lying to ourselves about it. Now, I say all that to go to another story. I'm going to connect to this real quick. We now know through another whistleblower that the White House has ignored criticism from Joe Biden's former coronavirus medical advisors. Why? Because they're playing politics. They're treating this from a political perspective of power and overreach and dictatorship and tyranny instead of looking at it from a medical perspective, which is, by the way, what all these doctors I'm now quoting for you are saying. Now, the White House defied President Joe Biden's medical advisors were now being told because of whistleblowers on the coronavirus pandemic, vowing the president would continue to work to, quote, end the virus. The president's ultimate goal continues to be to defeat the virus. The White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said today in response to opinion articles authored by members of Biden's advisory board during his presidential transmission transition. Six, not one. Okay, not a one off, not a disgruntled doctor. Okay, not 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 one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not, not, but six of Biden's former advisors. I want you to imagine for a moment what the media would be doing if six of Donald Trump's former advisors published three different, not one, not two, but three different opinion articles in the Journal of the American Medical Association, not like the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, New York Times, Washington Post, New York Post, etc. They have published these three articles in the Journal of the American Medical Association, basically saying now, calling on the president to shift his strategy of fighting the coronavirus to recognize the reality of living with coronavirus instead of trying to eliminate it entirely, meaning it's not working and it's not going to work. Imagine if six of of Donald Trump's former COVID advisors published three opinions, three opinion articles in the Journal of the American Medical Association, the AMA, what the media would be doing, wall-to-wall coverage. It would be wall-to-wall coverage, 24-7. We demand answers. He should be impeached. He's trying to kill you. He's not listening to the experts. He's not listening to Fauci. He's not listening to Burks. He's not listening to it. The list would go on and on. This guy's trying to kill you. That's what they would go with. Why are they not doing it now with, Donald, with, with Joe Biden? Because this is about power and control. Now, some in the establishment media are coming out and finally blasting Joe Biden for his, quote, mission accomplished moment, declaring victory over the coronavirus. I'm going to talk about that in a moment because that happened back in August. And now they're looking backwards, realizing, wow, this guy's really stupid. Now, Jen Psaki told reporters she had not seen the opinion pieces because of the, quote, busy day the staff experienced in the first anniversary of January 6th protests of the 2020 election on Capitol Hill. And you wonder why they use that as a distraction. Now, you know, the New York Times reports the group of advisors shared their articles with the White House and published them in the medical journal after their advice was, quote, ignored. The group was coordinated by the experts, a name that you will probably remember. Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, who is Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, the former President Barack Obama advisor, as well as former acting chief scientist at the FDA. That's one of the six. Here's another doctor 
Dr. Burrio, former head of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA. And Dr. David Michael. Emanuel, Dr. Emanuel, told the Washington Post he wanted to move beyond living in a perpetual state of emergency, which is exactly how they gain total control over your rights in this country. If we're not in a perpetual state of emergency, they lose all their power. If we're not in a perpetual state of emergency, the ratings for the president will drop even lower than where they are right now at, what, 35, 36, 37, 38 percent, depending on which poll you look at. Dr. Emanuel told The Washington Post, we've got to realize this is the new normal, which is, again, what almost every major doctor is now saying. They're sick of this perpetual state of emergency. They're sick of this idea that we're going to beat this thing because we're not. We're going to need to learn to live with it. And we are realizing that this is the new normal of living with this virus and reducing its risk to the vulnerable, which is exactly what we do with the flu and almost everything else every single year. And we also need to accept the reality that people are going to die. No, the White House doesn't want this to happen because they need a Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and every other liberal governor and every other liberal mayor. They need a perpetual state of emergency so they can justify their tyranny over you and everybody that lives in their city, state or in this country that they want to own. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I also want to talk real quick about these doctors and what they are recommending. The same doctors that are now saying Joe Biden refuses to listen to us. These these doctors are are still recommending their words, stronger vaccination efforts, including a vaccine mandate for school children. So I, I want you to understand these guys are not like woke conservatives or doctors that are anti vax. They're just angry that the White House is not listening to them on the new reality that this thing isn't going away and we can't vaccinate our way out of it. Again, this group recommends stronger vaccination efforts and something I'm totally against, a vaccine mandate for school children. But they're still criticizing Joe Biden because they're saying the way he's doing things is making things worse. It's not making anything better. And we need to stop living. These doctors who are wanting to mandate vaccines for school children that work for Biden, these are lefties, okay? There's their, their number one takeaway as whistleblowers in these articles published in the AMA is that we need to stop in America living in a perpetual state of emergency and realize a new normal. Those exact words, folks. So let's go back to Biden for a second. And then I'm going to get back to this audio of Dr. McCary, who you're going to want to hear in a moment, Biden spent the first year of his presidency solely focused on promoting vaccine mandates, leveling mandates, which he argued were, quote, necessary to shut down, quote unquote, the virus and, quote, stop the spread. These doctors who work for him, who advise him, the liberal best doctors they can find are saying we're not going to shut it down. And we're not going to stop the spread. That's not going to happen. The new variant of the virus, K2, 
continues to spread rapidly, which goes back to these other doctors who are now saying, we need to be honest about this new variant. This new variant, there's a lot of good news with it. Now, that may sound insane. I'm going to explain what the doctors are going to tell you in a moment in their overall synopsis. They're saying that this new Omicron variant is, is virtually best case scenario. They're highly infectious. However, good news. Not a lot of hospitalizations with it. If you do go to the hospital, it's less than half the time you're usually in the hospital compared to Delta variant. That's good news. And the chances of you dying from Omicron variant are extremely low. They're saying that this is great news based on what we know. So does everyone need to stay in line and get a COVID test for Omicron, knowing how quickly it spreads and how many people are going to get it? In fact, there are now doctors saying it's a matter of time before you get some sort of variant of COVID. The question is, are you going to get really sick when you get it? And have a much higher risk of getting really sick if you are unvaccinated? Or are you going to take the precaution to be vaccinated and lower the risk of severe illness and or death? That's the only conversation we should be having right now. I I would even say this. If I started to feel sick today, Lord willing, I won't. I don't think based on what I know right now, I'm going to go get in line for a test. I'm just going to go into protocol. And I'm going to I'm going to go through the protocol. Now, if I obviously start to get worse and worse or I feel like that my health's at risk of, of hospitalization or pneumonia or things like that, I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the doctor quickly. I'm not going to play that game. But if I just have the headache and I have all of these other symptoms, right, and I'm running a fever and I just feel like I'm sick with basically a mild flu, common cold. Why are we all shutting our lives down for only one thing right now that is not highly deadly? It's not highly lethal. Which goes back to what the doctors are advising Biden, who he's not listening to, are saying as whistleblowers. We're not going to shut it down. We're not going to stop the spread. We have to stop. We have to, let me get exactly right. We have to move beyond living in a perpetual state of emergency and realize the new normal of living with the virus and reducing its risks to the vulnerable should be what we're focused on. And there is a reason why Joe Biden refuses to do this. Let's deal with some of the facts, too. The U.S. death toll to the, from the Chinese coronavirus under Joe Biden's administration is about to surpass the death toll rec- recorded during Donald Trump's administration and in less time and with a vaccine. So when he goes out there on TV and says, we're going to shut down this virus and we're going to stop the spread. No, he's not. I'm not being mean. I'm just stating the facts here. The coronavirus death toll under Joe Biden will surpass the deaths under Trump and do it in less time. And he had the vaccine. So we're not going to stop this thing. That's not going to happen. We know it. In fact, it has surpassed Trump's death toll. And it's now officially done in less time. I just looked at the new death counter that is not up on CNN because they don't want this guy to look bad. So let's go back to the media coronavirus experts. The darlings of the media and the establishment, they are losing so much credibility with their peers in their hospitals that now they are starting to turn on Joe Biden. As one of them said, 
Joe Biden absolutely declared victory too soon over coronavirus. A go-to establishment media coronavirus expert, CNN's lovely Lena Wynn, the same woman who made a living off of killing babies in the womb as the doctor in charge of Planned Parenthood, has now stated that President Joe Biden made a massive mistake and absolutely absolutely declared a victory too soon over the coronavirus. When an op-ed columnist as well with the liberal Washington Post, a CNN medical analyst, has now said to Yahoo News, quote, the single biggest mistake that the Biden administration made during the entire pandemic response, and I would argue in the entire Biden presidency, was back in May when the CDC said that vaccinated people can take off their masks, but did not have proof of vaccination attached to it. And as a result, people understood the pandemic to be over for them. The unvaccinated began behaving like they were vaccinated. There's a lot of truth, by the way, in that statement. There's a significant amount of truth. She goes on to say, and what did we see? We saw exactly what I and many public health experts predicted at the time. The honor code did not work. Surges have happened because the unvaccinated individuals. Now, she's still attacking the unvaccinated. Let's be clear. You're still public enemy number one. She then said, now with the Delta variant, restrictions are coming back. And expect nobody's listening anymore, she said. President Biden absolutely declared a victory too soon. That said, I also want to commend the Biden administration for a lot of their efforts because she's a liberal lefty and she ran Planned Parenthood, so she can't just be too mean to the president. Now, you have to remember the New York Times. The New York Times put out a tweet, and this goes back to the media and why I don't trust any of them. The Delta variant is as contagious as chicken pox and may spread, may be spread by vaccinated people as easily as the unvaccinated An internal CDC report says the New York Times reported that back in July on July 30th of 2021. So to be clear, vaccinated people can transmit this. Now, there was a amazing tweet that went out and this just shows arrogance. Okay, White House COVID response team, the deputy director of strategic communications and engagement, a guy by the name of Ben Wakana, at the time reprimanded the New York Times for even putting this out. He was angry. In all caps, he tweeted out, quote, vaccinated people do not transmit the virus at the same rate as unvaccinated people. And if you fail to include that context, you're doing it wrong. Guess who was wrong? Yes, the White House's guy was wrong, and he lied to the American people. The White House publicly chided the Washington Post for being completely, quote, irresponsible in their coverage of coronavirus. Glenn Greenwald said, super interesting. The White House COVID response official, Ben Wakana, is vocally slamming both the New York Times and Washington Post over the last two hours for alarming and dis- and sensationalism about the danger of the Delta variant for vaccinated people and their propensity to spread the virus. So it's obvious that the White House lied and the White House got it wrong. They told you that if you got vaccinated and they're sticking with it, that you are no longer a threat to society, that you are perfect, that you can't spread this thing, and that only the unvaccinated are the evil ones. All of that has fallen apart, and we've known it for months, and it just now is starting to reach the masses. 
without you being a conspiracy theorist based on science. Which brings me back to this podcast from this doctor at John Hopkins Medicine, Martin Macri, an MD who has one hell of a resume. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Dr. Marty McCary is now whistleblowing, saying that Fauci's NIH-funded 257 grants on COVID social disparities and only four on how it actually spreads. And these are the people that you are supposed to trust. Dr. Marty McCary is a medical doctor and researcher at John Hopkins University. This guy knows his stuff. He's legit. And he has come out stating the facts now, saying that the NIH funded 257 grants on social disparities related to COVID-19, but only four on the coronavirus spread. We just did the study of NIH research funding last year. Less than 5% went to COVID research, he said. Three months into the pandemic, 0.05% of the NIH's budget went to COVID research. The average time for them to give a grant was five months to fund a research team to then start the research. He also added that 257, 257 grants on social disparities with COVID, an important topic, but only four on how the actual virus spread. So we're working more on race and social disparities with COVID than we are in actually stopping the spread of COVID. We only had one NIH grant go to study on masks, which hasn't even read out yet. Like which ones work, which ones don't work. Why should we pick one over another? So the most basic question doctors needed evidence for was not being conducted. Not being conducted. Just saying. The Biden administration regularly framed equity between Demographic groups along ethnic and racial lines as a political priority. Makery said the NIH failed to promptly investigate basic questions about COVID-19. He said, we are, we were all getting the question, how does it spread? Do mask works? How long are you contagious for? Can you spread it? Pre-symptomatic. All the basic questions of COVID. We did not have the answers. Because our gigantic $4.2 trillion healthcare system could not do the basic bedside clinical research. I remember Peter Atia was even doing a quick video about somebody please do this study. We were all saying the same thing. Labs were mostly closed because there was no personal protective equipment, PPE. The NIH was unable to pivot their $52 billion dollars to answer these questions quickly, and that's all your tax dollars. We had a vacuum of scientific research, and all the doctors were on the front lines without any data to really answer these questions, and that's when the group think began. 
And guess what ended up filling filling the vacuum? Political opinions. The NIH is not only investigating natural immunity to COVID-19, excuse me, the NIH is not investigating natural immunity for COVID-19 as part of its broader strategy. This doctor from John Hopkins also said, why? Well, here's what he said. Because the NIH, they decided not to do a study on natural immunity. The NIH keeps saying, we don't know. Well, there are studies that have been done. He said, quote, they're ignoring the 141 studies that have been documented by the Brownstone Institute. It's not that hard. Go to New York where people had the infection, interview them, test their blood. Why is my research team doing this without NIH funding? Question mark, because the NIH is not only not funding it, they're not doing it. And they're relying on two really flawed studies that the CDC put out. This is the distortion of science itself, shutting down scientific discussion that should be our greater lesson. Should be our greatest lesson, he went on to say. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and chief medical advisor to the September of 2020, that he had no, quote, firm answer when asked by CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta about advocacy for vaccination among those who recovered from COVID-19. This doctor, who's now a whistleblower, stated the data on natural immunity began, immunity began 27 times more protective than vaccination is, not mentioned once ever by public health officials. Let me say that again. The data on natural immunity says it is 27 times more protective than the vaccine is. Now, you have to be clear, your natural immunity would be just from the COVID strand you receive. So if it changes, that number changes drastically. And how quick your natural immunity disappears, even to protect you from the first strand or the Delta or the Omicron, that's something that's very different. He wants to make that clear because, again, he's trying to give you actual science, not political opinion. Martin said, or excuse me, he urged people like Martin Koldoff, who has the Harvard professor, he's now at Brownstone Institute, has actually put together and summarized 141 studies on natural immunity. So these are legit people again, Harvard folks. This is Brownstone. This is the best and most brilliant minds who are finally whistleblowing on Fauci. He said, and so when Fauci gets on TV and says, we just don't know about natural immunity, we'll do the study. How hard is it? It is not the... Riddle of the Sphinx, he says, you can figure out how many people have been infected from the original days of New York and had severe illness. So the greatest lesson of COVID-19 spread, he concluded, is how a corruption of science and distortion of science leads to shutting down scientific discussion. In other words, Dr. Fauci's full of crap. And everybody knows it. And this guy's lying and making things up as he goes because everybody knows it. That's what he's saying. You got 57, uh, 257 grants, I should say, on social disparities with COVID. An important topic, only four on how spreads coming from the NIH and one on masks. And which ones work better than others? Now, another question that needs to be asked is why are they so hell-bent on not talking and disclosing what is real and what is not real with natural immunity? Now, if we, and there are people, by the way, that are getting sick and there are people that are dying because They have a preconception that natural immunity, if you got COVID a year ago, is somehow going to help you against the Omicron variant, which based on the new data, not not politics, is showing so far that it's pretty much worthless. That when this morphs, 
If you had the first version of COVID-19, it's not going to protect you that much from Delta variant. And then if you had Delta, it's not going to protect you, natural, quote, natural immunity from Omicron. So, yes, you have more protection from the, from the infection you did receive, but when it does mutate, it does not give you the same type of immunity. The other thing is, how long does natural immunity last? It's a scientific question that the NIH refuses to answer. That's also a problem. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I want to play for you real quick uh, this conversation with Dr. Makari. And there is a very interesting podcast called The Drive, and it's all based on medicine. These are three different leading doctors who are having a conversation about Omicron. Harvard um, is, is one of the places that one of the doctors is coming out of. Another one is a medical doctor and researcher, Dr. Marty McCary is the host at John Hopkins. And and then you've got another one who is now uh, running this uh, big study on COVID. Now, I gave you some of the top headlines, but I, but I want you to hear more of their discussion. These are guys just trying to get out information. They are all MDs. Okay, They're not chiropractors or fake doctors online that claim to be doctors that aren't. These are legitimate doctors. And I want you to hear part of their conversation about Omicron. Take a listen. This particular mutation and how it differs from Delta. And do we want to call the original one Alpha or OG? Or what, 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 do, you, what do you guys call that? First of all, great to be with you, Peter. And great to see you again here, Zubin. So I think we can compare Omicron to Delta because Delta represents sort of the worst of the previous strains. And now we've got some pretty good laboratory data that tells us that Omicron is not infecting lung cells, neither lung individual cells or what we call organoids in in a lab, which is a cluster of similar tissue types, at the same efficiency. It's about 90% less efficient in replicating in those lung cells. So we've got laboratory data now confirmed by three independent labs that it's not infecting those cells as well. That's why we're not seeing the cough and the severe disease and the systemic illness like fever as frequently with Omicron, we're seeing more of the upper respiratory stuff. That- by, by the way, wouldn't it be nice if, like, I don't know, Dr. Fauci came out on TV and said exactly what these, this doctor just said? I mean, this is more information about the difference between Delta and Omicron than I've heard from anybody on TV, and these people cover this crap 24-7. Wouldn't it be nice if they actually spoke to us the way that this doctor is speaking to us? Nares, the bronchus symptoms, and by virtue of that, you're going to blow it off more. And maybe that's one of the drivers of it being more contagious. But we've got the laboratory data. We've got epidemiological data, looking at South Africa, looking at the numbers down now over 35% off their peak. We've got a shorter length of stay there observed, about two and a half days versus eight days. Hospitals were not overrun in a country with, you could argue, semi-limited resources. And we've got bedside observation. So we've got epidemiological data, laboratory data, and bedside data that all fits that it is, in fact, no longer an open question. This is a more mild virus. 
And I guess one of the questions that I have around the mildness of the virus, because there is also, the, I think it's that Hong Kong data that you're pointing at, that you have a lot of upper airway replication. By, by the way, let's just pause. This should be breaking news. All based in science, the conversation that was you just heard. All based in facts. All based in actual data. South Africa. Okay, did you know that South Africa's healthcare system was never overrun by Omicron? No. Why wasn't that reported on TV? Why wasn't that reported by Dr. Fauci? Did you know that we're not seeing the severe illnesses that we saw with Delta and the reasons why? Because it's not attacking as they just listed that list? No. You have to ask yourself the same question. Why? Why are they not telling us that part of this? You compare our healthcare system to South Africa's, it's very, ours is clearly uh, much better. And their hospital system was not overrun. We're seeing their Omicron numbers down 30% since their peak in South Africa. So for everybody that's sitting in line for five hours to get tested for Omicron, maybe it's time to go home and just self-quarantine and learn to live with this in a responsible way by following the stay at home and quarantine while you have it orders. Maybe you don't even need to go sit in line forever. The average stay in the hospital, you heard about that. If you do get hospitalized, about two days compared to what was Delta, five, seven, whatever he said. Significant difference in the hospital state, less than 50% of the time. Something else that maybe should be talked about. Imagine how much fear would disappear if they just gave us the data that this doctor just gave us. And you have to ask yourself the question, why are they not giving data? The reason why they're not giving you this data is very clear. They want you to go get vaccinated. And if they tell you all the data, you're less likely to go get vaccinated based on what was just said. That's what they believe. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I still think if you were just honest with people and said, this is going to be around for a really long time and we're going to keep seeing mutations uh, and you talk to people honestly, I think they'd be more trusting to go get those that have not gotten vaccinated to go get vaccinated. In fact, I would argue the most compelling argument for, not, for, for getting vaccinated is, look, throughout all of these three different strands, four different strands, whatever the total number is in the world, if there's any data that's very clear, it's those who are vaccinated are less likely to go into the hospital. You're less, much less likely to die. You're much less likely to have severe cases of COVID when you get it. Notice how I said when you get it. I, I believe at this point, everybody's going to get this thing at some point. I'm saying that because I'm a doctor. I'm saying it based on just the statistics and the numbers. I think it, it's extremely clear now that at some point you're going to get it and maybe get it two or three times. I know people that have had COVID now three different times in their life. I know a lot of people have had it twice now. The idea that no, that you can run away or hide from this thing or beat this thing by, you know, wearing a mask or even being vaccinated is kind of absurd. It's basically mitigating the risk that comes when you get it. If they would talk to us that way, the same way that this doctor is talking to us, we would be in a much better position than we are right now. But they're not because they're pushing propaganda instead of science. They're wanting to control your life and your decisions and your medical decisions. They are not wanting 
to give you honest opinions, Dr. Fauci, about the ups and downs of this thing. Is the Omicron variant much less scary than Delta based on statistics, based on facts, based on the medical research? Absolutely. Should that be clearly told to the American people? Yes. And the reason why they're not is because they want you to go get vaccinated. They want to manipulate you. You know, some multifold over the, the OG strain and Delta. But this idea that it's a milder clinical syndrome is a little complicated by the fact that in South Africa, you have a lot of a high seroprevalence of previous infection. And so the question is, how much of this is we have now a degree of natural immunity and some vaccine immunity in South Africa. And what you're seeing is a virus that's more replicatable, maybe a little less pathogenic, maybe a little less disease, but in the setting of a much more immune population. Because if you're looking at the kind of the three precepts of a pandemic, it's a very transmissible virus that causes a lot of disease, that we don't have great immunity for, so those three things. And it looks like with Omicron, we have a very transmissible virus that may cause milder disease that we have quite a bit of immunity to already. And and so all those things may collude to make this less of a problem than Delta in terms of what we care about, which are actual outcomes. I mean, at the risk of asking maybe a naive question, is it still reasonable to say that this is absolutely a COVID variant? Or at some point, will mutations of the OG strain a la the Delta lineage get so far away from those strains, presumably in terms of virulence as one metric, that we really ought to be thinking of them more as coronaviruses and not necessarily COVID-19. Where would that line be? (laughs) Look, I think that is the ultimate question. Is COVID going to be the fifth seasonal coronavirus? As uh, I know you and Amisha Dolja had postulated early in this pandemic, there, you know, as a reminder to those listening, four coronaviruses that circulate year to year. By by the way, you you notice now they talked, they use the word seasonal. We're going to deal with this next part of them saying, and they're and what they're telegraphing right now, based on data, based on science, is that we're going to be dealing with this for a really long time, and this is probably going to become seasonal. This is going to be a seasonal thing. Again, the reality is setting in, and doctors are sick of living in this perpetual state of fear and this perpetual state of emergency, and they're saying it's time to transition to the reality. You're not going to vaccinate your way out of this thing, so stop acting on it. You're not going to shut down this virus, so stop acting like it. And stop fear-mongering the American people each and every day. And God bless these people for finally speaking up and saying this, including those around the president who are saying he's not listening to us. I hope all of you will take this audio today and share it, please. Number one, please help us uh, grow by writing us a review. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, a five-star review. Number two, uh, please make sure you hit that auto-download or auto-subscribe button so you can get this podcast each and every day for free. And finally, please share this on social media with your family and your friends. And I will see you back here tomorrow. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.